Welcome. It's next week tonight, the show that keeps you a week ahead of the competition. So while everyone else is going into week five, you know the drill by now. Here at next week tonight, we are headed into week six. Let's go. Welcome to next week tonight. All right. For the rest of us, all right, we're going to go back and we're going to dig into these now that you got a taste of it. So, Wandale Robinson easily is going to be the Giants wide receiver one as soon as he returns. Uh, there was a whole report about Kadarius Toney today um, beyond just him being, you know, declared out again. At the same time, people were saying, no, he was in practice and he seemed like he was completely fine. There was a whole article out. I... I Wish I remembered who or where it was from, but they were talking about how much the Giants organization just doesn't like this guy. Um, he's been in trouble, not putting in the work, not studying. You know, it's just just all across the board, which is everything we heard about him as a rookie in college, too. And, you know, you had somebody who clearly had the physical talents, and that showed through finally when he was a senior playing next to Kyle Pitts. But, man, man, a lot of red flags were out there if you were paying attention. Um, and, hey, follow Fusion Fantasy Football in the offseason. I do all the rookie evaluations, definitely from more of a data perspective. But even for him, I mean, it's hard to quantify the character questions, but there were a lot. And sometimes that gets overplayed, but it's pretty obvious to tell when it's being overplayed. In this case, the stories, the stuff that was going on, like, we're talking just leaving practice. I mean, um, even in camp, when he after he was drafted, he would just, something about his shoes weren't right, so he just he just left. Like, just weird stuff. All right, anyway. Um, the Rams, the Allen Robinson experiment, it does not seem to be working very well. He seems to get out off the line okay and is open for a bit, but then... There's not much else down the field. And if you can get him the ball, he just catches it and falls over. It's like every single catch is a uh, jump ball or a toe drag. There's no catch and runs. Van Jefferson has been injured this whole time. That's where he's been, in case you've been wondering. He's been injured. He's been on the IR. So he's coming off now after four weeks. Um, I would go look into picking him up because... If Allen Robinson is playing like this, we've seen Van Jefferson play decently. He could take that wide, or two, wide receiver two job at some point. He really could. He really could. Um, hopefully it doesn't hurt Tyler Higby, but, I mean, Tyler Higby in the meantime is just soaking up all that opportunity. It's fantastic. Um, but speaking of tight ends, Daniel Ballinger on the Giants, an interesting rookie more of your typical kind of big blocking guy, but he is getting some work in the passing game. And these wide receivers are just keep on either getting injured or whatever it's going on with Tony. So you've got, and Galladay, same thing, character, effort, motivation, issues, questions. So now we've got Shepard, unfortunately, right? He's been out. Um, Robinson, we talked about, he's going to be coming back here soon. In the meantime, you've got Richie James. Um, 
Galladay is is kind of out there. It just it's ugly. Like literally, did you catch the 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 few snaps of the game last week where when Daniel Jones was hurt, and it was like Saquon Barkley. We joked about it. Saquon Barkley was is the Giants' deep offense. No, for a few snaps there, he he literally was the Giants' offense. He was playing. He was he was there under center. And they were just doing uh, the, the wild cat. Isn't that what it's called? Something like that. I can't remember. I'm blanking. But yeah, they were doing that. It snaps right to him. And then he was running with it or handing it off. Or there was a few plays that was ridiculous. Um, he literally, Saquon Barkley literally is that offense. Um, so I, I hope you had him. I mean, I, I could have had him even ha- higher. He was my running back five. I guess I should have had him even higher, you know. Crazy. Jacoby Myers, um, Patriot, with his extended injury, he ended up on some waivers in your your typical shallow redrafts. So check that out. I think he should be owned. He has ridiculous uh, opportunity share, target share, those kind of things. Even, um, Even air yards. It's not just like dumping it down five yards every time. He's, he's not an Edelman and a Welker. I mean, he he does play in the slot. But he, he's more like, well, I guess I should say more like Edelman. Edelman got downfield more than Wilker had. But anyway, he's getting air yards too. It's not just little dunks. It's not Tyler Conklin, right? So um, go ahead and, and double check. There's probably someone on your bench who you're holding on to that isn't as good a hold as Jacoby Myers. I'm going to guess. Again, the the drops, the the basically these are Giants and Cardinal under performing wide receivers now look Rondell Moore is on the bottom of this list he actually did some stuff the other day I'm just saying if if you're him versus someone good like Wandale you know that's out there I would rather have Wandale Robinson than Rondale Moore right okay trades okay so here's a fun one guys so I I kind of stumbled into this one I I need I needed tight end in a league okay and I always say I this everything I'm saying here I don't always get to actually do it because either I don't need to use a streamer or I don't need to trade for that position you know and so on but whenever possible and and I actively go and look to see if there is a case where I can follow through on some of these calls uh, but it's often not that I'm just trying to do what I said oftentimes I'm telling you what I've already done. Um, and this is a case where I needed a tight end and I'm looking around and I put on an offer for pits because like I said last week, go get pits. This is, this is the last week you can do it because if he has a good week and any time it's up, everyone's back in, he's the best future tight end and the, the blah, 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 blah. Okay. The moment he has a touchdown, everyone's going to be, Oh, there it is. He finally broke the seal and he'll be fine now. You have to strike now. Now, they're likely going into full-on, like, hodl, like, full-on, this is my life. I'm stuck with Pitts if I die with him, right? Um, There's been some interesting podcasts and comments and discussions about that. But basically, if even the most diehard Pitts person, if they are trying to compete, they have to admit that he's not doing it. And if they can pick up or they already have somebody like a Conklin or an Everett or a Hurst or somebody that's, that's 
they can stream. Or maybe they got lucky and they have a Higby, you know. Easily you could have had a Higby. Um, but they're lacking at another position. And they've been benching this other guy like Higby or Hurst or Conklin and starting pits because they have to, which is exactly the problem with, I keep trying to tell you guys, with high opportunity cost tight end. You're, you're, it's the sunk cost problem. Um, and people have this sunk cost in t- Kyle Pitts, and so you have to start him. And they've been losing. So if you can find that team that has a weakness, has a problem, go ahead and chase it. Um, this was a dynasty league specifically for me. I Go get Pitts in every league. But this was a dynasty league, and um, I... I'm pretty good across the board on my roster. It's a super flex two tight end. This is my best dynasty league. I, I have been like highest scoring team for at least a couple of years and I am so far this season as well. Um, Jonathan Taylor and Mixon are my top two, but I, I'm having to decide every week who to bench. I mean, you don't want to hear about my team, but this is a good team. Okay. I'm, I'm benching like Keenan Allen, Michael Thomas. Um, one of the Patriot running backs, Damian Pierce is on there this week. I have Damian Pierce in James Robinson in like the, I've got a lot of depth and which is the key to your dynasty teams is depth. And if you just keep that depth, you can slowly start building the talent and you end up with a team like this. I got lucky at the start of things a little bit because I got Justin Herbert for super cheap, right? And then he he hit, he hit as a rookie. So that was probably the biggest thing that helped my team. And then I was able to trade for Jonathan Taylor. But anyway, point is, my tight ends though, not great. I was committing it okay with mixture of uh, Gesicki, who, who was a pretty good for me last year, but we knew, I knew I was trying, I tried selling him guys. I tried, I couldn't Gesicki, John U. Smith. Cause when I had hoped he was going to be something, um, Logan Thomas, and I can't even remember the other one right now. So, and I picked up Juwan Johnson, you know, I'm, I'm playing him when I say to play him, but it's start two, and I'm getting like seven, six points. It's a little premium in there. It's rough. Um, I'm doing okay. I'm like three and one, I believe. But yeah, I really wish. No, I think I'm actually two and two. I should be more than that. And some of those, lo- at least one of those losses was bad points at tight end, and everyone else was going off, and I just couldn't keep up. So I had to go look for tight end. So I made that offer to Pitts. Nope, didn't like it. I offered him Mixon because to me, he was a little expendable. I have other running backs I could put in there and I needed to improve my starting lineup and I needed to move those points into the tight end slot. One of them, at least. Didn't take it. Uh, Wow. But was looking around some other options, looking at the Higby owner, tried to get something with him giving him back a guy in a second. But he also had Dallas Goddard. And I've always liked Dallas Goddard. Don't get me wrong. I've always thought of him as being a top six dynasty tight end. 
Uh, he hasn't done much this year, and I knew that. But at the same time, I knew that he'd been scoring, he'd been putting up double-digit points, or close to it, at least in a premium. So um, I looked into it some more, and I have my stats and everything, and I, and I know that he he had decent um, metrics up there, including like third best yards per team pass attempt, which is one of the stickiest single stats for tight ends. And ultimately, I, I, I was left with the realization that um, he hasn't had any kind of big game. He's just had these solid six target, four catches for 40 yards or something. And, and they're not the short yardage catches like you, Logan Thomas and Conklin are getting. He's actually getting some yards under him. And um, I realized, okay, so AJ Brown has had his big his big game or a couple of them, but particularly the first week, right? And a couple of weeks ago, Devonta Smith had his big breakout game, and then Miles Sanders last week had his big game. So we've had four weeks here with somebody going off, except for Dallas Goddard. He's just been plodding along and being fairly productive. All the all the numbers point to him continuing to do at least that, which. I'd be happy with double digits at least every week. Like I said, I wasn't getting that from both my other guys. And then I can pick the best streamer among my other committee and we're good. But here's the problem. Um, not a problem. Here's, here's the, but the good, the news is I think Goddard could be more than that. And I think he's going to be more than that this weekend. They're playing Arizona. They're giving up the second most tight end points bunch of other things. I think it's the seventh most per weighted opportunity. Um, this could easily be the week where Dallas Goddard has his big game. Like I said, everybody else has had theirs. It's Goddard's turn. I know that's really, really great analysis there, Josh, but come on. Um, I could just see it setting up perfect for it. So if you do need a good tight end if you're in a similar situation i know i went talking to my about my team a lot i did that so you could really i could paint you a picture of the kind of situation where you want to go after dallas goddard you have a contending team the the guys that you have i mean i like you know i like the higbees and the njokus and the everett's but I didn't have quite those tier guys. I had the next tier down, right? The Logan Thomases. Um, and so, which I think is a great streamer this week, week five. But I need more than that. And so going after Goddard became a really good option for me. And he's still fairly young, I mean, for a tight end. So in Dynasty, I had no problem at all. I actually, I paid a first for him. I paid a first uh, and sent along um, Gaseki. I think I think I sent Gaseki along and got back Donovan Peoples-Jones as well with him. So uh, in a two tight end premium, tight ends, that's what it's going to cost to get him. And, and it's going to be a late first. Also, it's an auction league, so it's extra cash value to that first. So it's not quite, um, in some ways, that's a good thing for it being a late first for him because uh, he can put all his money in towards one player and get the what would who would normally be the 101. But at the same time, for me, it's not as big a deal either because, you know, I end up just picking a few players and getting them cheap anyway. 
So, um, Goddard, this is your probably, I think, going to be your last chance to buy him before he has his big game. So go get Dallas Goddard. All right. Drake London, wide receiver Drake London, Atlanta Falcons, second highest wide receiver target share at 34%. Two points behind Cooper Cup at 36. That is incredible, guys. A rookie wide receiver on the team with the tight end that's supposed to be the next big thing. Guys, Drake London killed Kyle Pitts. Like he, Drake London is getting that work. And it's good end zone, red zone work as well. Um, end zone targets. He's The problem is everything's there except the volume. He had a big game and he's had some decent games. But he also had a bad game last week. And that's going to happen. Well, everyone had a bad game. Mariota was terrible. Mariota's also kept him in some games. So the question is, can this situation improve? Yeah, it can. Either they can just together improve with Mariota. Um, They could also give Desmond Ritter a shot. And I don't think that would be a bad thing. He's got a nice big arm. I think he's going to throw it to Drake London too. So I don't think it can get much worse. Even on bad teams, a good wide receiver one on a team is going to have a good game every now and then. So I like Drake London. From everything I'm seeing, he's getting the opportunity far more and above than any of the other guys on also on bad teams. So if you're going to get a guy on a bad team, you might as well be getting the guy on the bad team who's getting a, literally a third of the offensive, like a, a third of the targets, okay? You might as well get that that guy on that bad team. So that's it for the Falcons in London. So go get him. That's, again, any kind of improvement. People are already catching on. And this is going to be difficult in Dynasty. But in redraft, you can still get him. I traded Jamal Williams and Tyler Algier for Drake London and Jared Goff. I kind of needed... uh, I had Marcus Mariota, and before that, I had Dak Prescott. So I, I kind of needed a, a, a quarterback, and um, unfortunately, people in this league like to stash additional quarterbacks, which is really annoying in 1QB leagues, but they do. So um, options were limited. Mariota had been doing okay for me, but I, I upgraded it with Goff. And, really, and I don't know if the guy thought my main target was Goff or not, Really, I wanted Drake London. So, all right, trading away. This one's a little nuanced. And this, again, more of a dynasty take. Um, So I like to think of players in dynasty when it comes to perceived value in terms of uh, potential, okay? So to me, a player peaks in value as a young player in dynasty when they've hit they've shown enough that everyone's getting excited for them and everyone can envision more for them an even higher potential result and everyone gets excited and um 
To me, those are the moments you want to sell unless you have reason truly to believe that they will reach those, the, that potential. I'm not sure Romeo Dubs is going to reach that potential that people are starting to set up for him. He's a good player. Don't get me wrong. Do not get me wrong. But, you know, I don't think he's Devonta Adams. Also, if he if he's not contributing to you winning this season, that's this is what I'm saying. If he's not contributing to helping you win this season right now, go ahead and t- trade him for something that will. Because he's not going to help you win. Um, unless again, unless you're just thin and you need him, but he is not going to be the guy to help you win, and he's not going to in the future years be the wide receiver one on the team that's going to be really productive for another like two seasons just picture Romeo Dubs with Jordan Love next year the moment you picture that his value deflates um so that's what I'm saying cash out right now it's peak potential season people are excited about it people are envisioning things for him if you can cash out at an early second level in dynasty do it you've already won um and i'm not the guy who says well as soon as uh an asset has appreciated you should sell and cash in um like i said if you can actually benefit from his points that's the actual purpose and point of playing dynasty football not accruing value if you can actually play him and get points and get wins Okay, great. But if you're not, then he's just sitting as a reserve on your bench. Don't incubate him. Sell him now. He's heated up. He's hot. Someone's thinking he's going to hatch now. Sell him to them. Get something that you can be useful, um, that you will play, right? Like Like a Tyler Lockett or something like that, plus a pick. But don't... Don't just sit on him. And then he's going to hit that point on the potential where all we have to see is a little bit more and it's not what we thought it was going to be. And that potential is headed down the wrong way. And then suddenly you're not able to get the same return in value for him. Okay. So that's it. Hope it was nuanced enough that you could follow streamers for week six we got daniel jones i love this one daniel jones likes running around hopefully he's got wandale back at that point um yeah because he, he he's he needs help he needs help but daniel jones runs way more than people think hopefully with his ankle i'm a little worried about him this week with that ankle because a lot of his value is tied up in that that running the poor he's the poor man josh allen right um he gets a bad rap I think he's better than a lot of these other guys that we sometimes tie him into. He He's better than a Baker Mayfield. Definitely better than Darnold. Zach Wilson, we'll see. Like he, he's in that area where, yeah, he can do some stuff, he, especially for fantasy at least. I know the, the problem is real football, real NFL. But for, for dynasty, I mean, for, for fantasy football, he gets points. He has a surprising floor with his running. Runs more than, again, more than you think he does. Go look it up. Um, 
I'm going to pull up an interrupt right now. But that's that. Go ahead, playing the Ravens. Big game. So week six running backs, Eno Benjamin, Arizona playing at Seattle. Um, again, the Seahawks giving up running back points. And uh, another thing on here, that the Cardinals actually have the 12th highest target share to their running backs as a whole. Now, James Conner is obviously the primary one, but Eno Benjamin's not too far behind in targets. And James Conner is just not being very good right now. Like, he's just not. Um, and so, for whatever reason that is, if he gets pulled back a little bit, you know, Benjamin is, I think, the next guy up we've seen. They also so show willingness to use him in the receiving game as a target. Um, I'm not sure they, they were not doing that for Daryl Will, Williams, even when he's, when he's, when he's healthy. Um, you know, is the, the next guy for that role, at least. KJ Osborne for wide receivers, Minnesota at Miami. I think this is a high scoring total. Um, Miami has some pretty decent, like secondary, some corners. So I could easily see them really trying to stop Jefferson. Osborne gets leftovers. It might be Thielen too, but you, you, you can't pick up Thielen probably. So Osborne's probably out there. And uh, he's he's had his spike games in the past. And yes, it is unpredictable and it's frustrating. But this is the kind of situation where you, you got to do something. You don't have much choice. And at least you're giving yourself a shot with K.J. Osborne of a big game. And again, Richie James, New York Giants. We were just talking about him. You compare him with Daniel Jones. Um if you, Wandale Robinson is out there, obviously, by week six, hopefully he's around, and I would start him instead of Richie. But if Wandale is still out, then Richie is the guy I would I would roll with. All right, and tight ends. So Will Disley, I apologize. He should have been on here because he just catches a touchdown every week and gets you some basic floor points. Um, but in, really, though, he, Arizona is giving up the second most tight end points. So I, I think that this is a great... Uh, spot for Disley to just keep doing what he's been doing. And then Harrison Bryant is getting a ridiculously um, underreported amount of work. I mean, he's got like a 10, uh, no, not 10, like a 14% target share. I mean, he, he's actually getting involved quite a bit. He just doesn't have a tight end. I mean, a touchdown. <laughs> he is a tight end. Um, so... The Patriots, meantime, are giving up the second most per weighted opportunity, only 20th in total, but that's because uh, they're limiting the volume. So the, the total points is obviously a counting stat, but I did something where I took the weighted, I weighted those attempts on by the offense targets. Um, really, it's receptions, and then I kind of had to back calculate for targets, but it's close enough. Um, it gets the idea through of which team is uh, per a play efficiency. How good are they stopping? And the Patriots second most per awaited opportunity, awaited attempt. And instead of 20th in total counting stats, right? There's a big difference. So the Patriots are clearly slowing things down. I'm not sure they're going to be able to against the Giants. Um, then again, they have Bailey Zappi starting, 
But in two weeks, you know, in in week six, I'm 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 curious if um if that's going to change. So anyway, the Harrison Bryant. I know we all love Njoku right now. I love Njoku, but Bryant is getting a surprising amount of work, and I could see him getting the tight end, uh, the touchdown. Like I said, five touchdowns allowed by the Patriots right now, two tight ends. That is highest in the league. Um, that's that. And that's why the, the opportunity per an opportunity is so high is because even though they're not getting a ton of work, um, they are scoring those touchdowns. And so there is value to be had there. And on defense, Bengals playing the Saints. Saints and Winston, um, not sure if he's going to be back in week five. It's looking hopeful. But if it's looking hopeful in week five, I think he'll be back week six for this game. And he's always good. That that offense, it's always good for a, a shot at some turnovers and, and sacks and everything. So uh, the Bengals' defense isn't, isn't too bad either. So I think they can slow him down at least. You're not going to suffer from the points terribly. And all you need is a couple extra bonus points. Hopefully your scoring is like mine. And uh, you get points for the sacks too. So, all right, that's it for the week six. Um, let's look at last week really quick. The first guy I said, and I, I tweeted about this that I, I hate to, and it's a shame I can't victory lap about because because Casey didn't catch it right. Cordell Patterson injury on IR four weeks minimum. I can't victory lap that Cordell Patterson got injured, but I can victory lap the fact I told you to pick up Tyler Algier last week, specifically because Patterson's usage is crazy. It can't continue or it'll end badly. That That's what it says on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. For you who are listening, that's what it said on last week's slide. I said, if they keep using him like this, he is at higher risk of injury and we've seen, I'm not injury prone, but he is an older running back. We saw what happened when he got overused and worn down last year. It increases risk of injury. Okay. I am allowed to say that. And I am, I am allowed to tell you that you should have had Tyler Alger already. Okay. Noah Brown. That was okay. Alec Pierce. Actually showed up some of the game here tonight, Thursday night. And, um, yeah, someone should have been added and should still be added. And then Richie James is there again, like we said. All right, so we've got um, David Montgomery. Is who you sh- I was saying you should be trading for. And I still stand by that one. James Robinson, a lot of smart people are saying you trade away. They're, they're citing things like how... Um, a lot of high percentage of plays go for three yards or less. Okay. That's offensive line issue too. Um, they're trying to draw connections with him and acres. You also have that issue. Then you have others like um, other stats that people are pointing to, such as uh, yards after contact. Uh, there's a lot of things that you can look at that say James Robinson isn't good. But it's always been that way. There's a lot of things you can look at that say James Robinson is putting up yards with his opportunities 
And that's that. And you may not like how he's doing it, but he is doing it. Okay. Cortland Sutton at the time, and and maybe even still no touchdown, um, but clearly getting the work, clearly the number one in that offense. It's not Judy. People are worried about Judy. No, sorry, it's not. Judy can have some good games, but he's not Sutton. He's not the top guy. And it wasn't pretty on Thursday night football here, but uh, his usage was still there, even if the results weren't that good. We talked about trading Khalil Herbert high, right? Again, similar idea with the dubs thing. If you're using him, if you're starting him, your starting lineup points come first. But if you don't cash out for something that you can use now and in the future, whereas Khalil Herbert, um, you know, Montgomery's coming back. Okay. Um, maybe in week five, but probably definitely by week six. All right. Wide receiver Devin Duvernay. Um, I stand by this one, even though, so Bateman's injured, might probably be back week six or seven. Ankle sprain of some kind. I don't think it's a high ankle, but it's not necessarily low low either. So um, Devin Duvernay, you could say, well, now he's going to be getting more points. And like I always say, if you can start him, if he's benefiting you, helping you win, then then keep him, right? But consider the fact that he is maybe a short-term play because, yes, he's going to get some great opportunity now in the in the short term, but after a while, Bateman will be back. So if you can sell him high now, so I stand by that. So Tyler Conklin, um, I was encouraged to see Zach Wilson still used him. It actually took a little while. At first, he wasn't. So I am encouraged that Conklin will continue to be what he's been, not as much total offense volume though, right? The past attempts went down from the, you know, 50 down to like 36 or something like that. So uh, still plenty there, but it wasn't the crazy total pass attempts that Flacco was getting. And then that just inflates the number Conklin gets, right? So maybe not quite as much like we thought, but also not doom and gloom, it's done. I think he's still going to be used. And like I said, running back Joe Mixon, sell him, trade him away. I tried, remember I said, um, I didn't try trading for, for James Robinson because I have James Robinson where I have Joe Mixon, but I did try and get Pitts, who was also a trade for the week before that. Um, Carson Wentz was our week five streamer. So these guys are week five streamers. If you need somebody this week, um, and you didn't remember, you can just pretend this is, uh, like everyone else is doing a show for right now about who you can stream this weekend. Carson Wentz against the Titans. Like I thought he might be, um, getting dropped here and there. seems like his ownership has gone down. So he might be available if he's not Ryan Tannehill is there. McKenzie and guys I hear I listen to shows talking about exactly what I'm doing here of course almost always a week later there's there's some other shows out there um who do a little bit of what I do with the ads and everything like that um there's a waiver sniping I think with Kyle August uh maybe it's not Kyle I'm sorry 
I will have to link that sometimes on one of these shows because he, he does do good work. I like his show, but he does it like Saturday night, um, maybe Saturday night if you're a patron. Otherwise, you may not get it until Sunday morning. Right. So it, it's it's interesting. It's useful. It's the same thing. I, I still feel like I get this out a little bit earlier and I have a little bit of a wider shot where we do the trades and everything like that. It's not just uh, guys to pick up for this week, and it's not just guys to um, pick up for the popular next week, which we obviously do that as well. But McKenzie is one that I have heard on all kinds of the shows, be it, uh, and I'm, I've talked about JJ Zach Reesons uh, before. Um, he he has a number of different shows. the The 15 transactions is basically what I'm trying to I'm trying to with my ads and drops and trades. I'm trying to pick players. They're going to be in his 15 transactions the next week. If I can predict that, then I've done my job. And hopefully the players actually work out as well. But in the meantime, I've told you who you can get that everyone else is going to want ahead of time. That's the idea. He also has some other shows. Um, and one of those is like sleepers and and deep, what I used to call deep starts, which are people you can just pick up and put in when you need to. And you're going to need it when it comes to bye weeks. And Isaiah McKenzie is one that he was talking about. Um, but do also know about, I go through all of this to say, to give J.J. Zacharyson credit, because if if you if McKenzie is out in week five, um, Khalif Shakir is your backup. There you go. And like I said, you know, Benjamin, yeah, I, I, I still like this take. I still like this. I see... Connor being inefficient, and they're going to try leaning on Eno in the receiving at least. And the tight ends, Joku, Juwan, Johnson, and if you're really desperate, deep league, Noah Gray is worth a shot. Um, Jacksonville defense um, for week five is the other one. And I, I forgot, I was supposed to move this slide up towards the beginning because it's a week six show and we were doing week six stuff. But these are the teams on by for week Six, Detroit Lions, Houston Texans, Las Vegas Raiders, Tennessee Titans. So be aware you need to replace those players. So um, if you're looking at, and I'm going to have to get in the habit of doing this. I, I've done this past years when we have the, the bye weeks. I'm going to have to make sure I have a page in here where I highlight some of the players that are very likely going to be, you're going to be needing to replace. And that helps me... Um, have a better sense of which positions I need to focus my streaming options on. So there you go. Lions, Texans, Raiders, Titans. Those are the guys you got to look out for. So Lions, I mean, you got a bunch of players. Hawkinson, Amra has been hurt. That's good. He's gets week off. Hopefully we'll have him coming back in week seven. But Goff has been good. So there's a bunch of people there. Even the Texans, uh, Damian Pierce has been nice. Um, Dem- Brendan Cook, hopefully you didn't have to start Davis Mills. And the Raiders, a whole bunch of guys between Jacobs and Waller. Renfro's been hurt a little bit, but Matt Collins is, is an option there. And then last, of course, Devonta Adams. And the Titans, you got Henry. Henry, yeah. Okay, that's it, guys. Coming in under the 45 for the total. I'm pretty happy with that. Um, oh, 
what was this week four show oh yeah so week four i want i was supposed to take out so these were all the same things i was talking about doing i was already telling you get algeria algeria even the week before that white um started getting more worked in tampa bay but mostly i wanted to skip ahead to the week four streamers who we actually saw how they performed right now james winston was out and so that's a scratch um in fact i think the other new orleans ones should just also be have been a scratch there hopefully for you there's at least one other one here but jacoby Percet came through with 15.9 points for you not terrible um, and then the the running back options, they, it didn't really do amount to much. Uh, Sony Michel is still the backup, but he's just not getting much. Uh, Jalen Warren only three point two points. Kenny Walker only three point four. Sony Michel five point seven. So these none of these really hit. Sorry guys. Um, week four wide receivers streamers. Michael Gallup, I said okay, and there ten point four. I think he got a touchdown. But the other one, Ashton Doolin, I had 3.8 points, didn't really didn't really hit. I think he just got injured in this game, uh, but he would have been locked, so you don't have to worry about him. Um, tight ends, Juwan Johnson, 6.3 points. But again, are you going to hold that against me? No, Jameis Winston probably should have gone another way already. And then Hayden Hurst is really who you should have had in there. And he had already scored the week before. Uh, or earlier in the week, uh, 13.2 points for Hayden Hurst. And the Colts defense only got six points. Uh, so not terrible, but we, we shoot for like 10, but didn't get there. All right. That's it, guys. Still under 45. Um, thank you for sticking around for the entire show. If you want to just reference a text version of these things and look down through a list, um, you can go to the... The website, fusionffb.com, it's going to be there in article form. And then, of course, there's the audio versions if you just want to do the podcast. Uh, and then you have the video you can look through and I'll see my uh, pretty slides and, and get that information too, both visually and audibly on the YouTube. So thanks, guys, for joining me. Uh, have some fun in week five. I, I really think if you've been following what I've been talking about all the takes coming into the season here at Fusion Fantasy Football, I think you're having a successful year. Um, I was telling the guys in the Fusion chat just just earlier today that they need to, to, to remind me of what my bad takes were and take me down a notch because I was getting a little bit uh, full of myself because I was reading a whole Twitter thread about where people were sharing their bad takes for the season. And it was the, uh, oh, Najee Harris. And I'm like, oh, well, no, not me. Oh, it was Kyle Pitts. Uh, no, not me. Yeah, I'm saying trade for him now, but I'm talking about drafting him. I d didn't have teams with him. No, okay, not me. They were listing off all these things that were big mistakes, and they were most things that I saw coming and was avoiding. Um, I would say, honestly, my biggest miss has been maybe a couple of the running backs that are doing well, like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Josh Jacobs. How that'll go for the entire season, I don't know. Maybe it won't look like I was that wrong come week 10. But they've had some good weeks, and so in the meantime, I wasn't that high on them. So that might be the one that I have to cling on to. But as a whole, if you've been following our process, you have a lot of players that have been doing really well. 
uh, like Saquon Barkley we talked about and the Higbees and things like that. So hopefully you were able to fill in with some good running backs and wide receivers in the meantime. And um, hopefully you're doing pretty well. I, I managed to go 12-1 and one in my head-to-heads, head-to-heads last week. Only one I lost was, of course, my home money league that I commissioned. Can't win that. No, of course you can't. Um, so I just bring that up because I say what I do and I do what I say. So it, you've been hearing me talk about players. Those are the players I have on my teams. Cooper Cup, guys, wide receiver one. I know some of you don't really think my reasons were great, but I have my reasoning. I have a mixture of it's, it's a little bit of narrative, but there was also historical examples and um, just reading the the situation with the quarterback and the offense. And yeah, to me, it was obvious Cooper cup is going into a, a, a his golden era. He's going into what we had for Devonta Adams. We had a spin of four seasons where he was three of those. He was putting up 21, 25, 22 point per game seasons. There was one kind of ugly one mixed in there. He he had injuries. So that was Adam's golden era, right? Three, four years where he is locked in, you know, challenging for the wide receiver one overall. I think he fell behind Michael Thomas the one year. The points he had would have been, we talk about, oh, I don't think any wide receiver hasn't repeated. For, for as far as I'm considered, Adams repeated, right? Just because Michael Thomas scored a little bit more and technically took the one from him, it took a lot to do that, right? In the meantime, like I said, Adams is putting up 340-ish points. I think that's what Cooper Cup is going into. And it's hard to see it because we're in the middle of it. It's right on top of us. We don't have that perspective. And I'm trying to, but I'm trying to give you that perspective that you can see that this is how it goes for wide receiver once. And yes, we saw Justin Jefferson doing a lot, but none of the arguments for Cooper Cup's regression where he had like 80 to 100 points to regress and still be possibly the wide receiver one. You None of the arguments for that, for counting a regression against him, none of those arguments were better than the bad arguments for why Justin Jefferson was going to improve on what he had done already with the same quarterback with a new coaching system, and with um, statistically not much room to improve. Uh, same thing, or or maybe for you it wasn't Justin Jefferson, maybe it was Jamar Chase. But either way, the point being, the none of the arguments to move those guys over Cup because were, were stronger than the negatives from his regression. He, he still should have been the one. And I know it sounds like it's picky to be talking about, oh, you know, there was three of them up at the top, and as long as you got one of them. No, if you had Cup, it's a big difference. It's a big difference. Ask the people who have Jamar Chase. 
Even I have Justin Jefferson. Some of these weeks have been real painful. All right. I, that's the one I'm two and two. Okay. Meanwhile, Cooper Cup, 20 points. Just lock it in. Right. The the target share, 36%. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. So that's what I'm trying to say, guys. He's got the quarterback. He's got the situation. He's got the history. I mean, his first three career years, he was actually even better than Devonta Adams' first three career years. So when Adams broke out that fifth year, and he didn't break out. It wasn't a peak. It was a level up. And then he stayed up at that level. That's what I saw coming for Cooper Cup. That this kind of this kind of year, 440-ish points, right? Yeah, that's probably the peak. But he leveled up. He's gonna be up there from now on. He was already a wide receiver one, anywhere from the 10 to 5 range in the past, per per game at least. It didn't take much more. He leveled up. Now he's going to be wide receiver one contention for the next two years. So that's my take on Cup. It's been my take on Cup. Hopefully you had him as many places as I did. I literally have him on half my teams. So that's that. So guys, uh, like I said, hope you're having a good season. A number of you have been, a couple of you have been DMing me. Hopefully you're listening or watching the show as well. I love it, guys. Hope I've been able to be helpful. But for those of you who haven't, you can too. On Twitter, at FusionFFB. Give it a follow. There it is on the screen. And FusionFFB.com for the written form of this, as well as link to the video and the podcast. Thanks, guys, for joining me. See you next time. Have fun in week five.